Planning Division of Network Medicine at Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School, and we're talking about a recent publication in Thorax by Sandra Eckel, who's from the University of Southern California Keck School of Medicine, about the effects of air pollution on lung cancer survival. Dr. Hart, thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. I thought this was a really intriguing article by the team in California who essentially linked average residential ambient air pollution concentrations for over 300,000 people with newly diagnosed lung cancer over a 20-year time period and found that there was an association between air pollution exposure and post-lung cancer diagnosis survival. Did the results of this study surprise you particularly? Thank you for having me. But yeah, so the results were a little surprising. I think before this study, there was very little evidence on the impacts of air pollution exposure on survival among individuals with cancer. So it wasn't completely clear what they were, what the authors were going to see or if this group would be impacted by pollution exposures. And I think the most interesting findings in the paper are that the impacts of pollution were very different by the lung cancer stage and histology at diagnosis, and that the strongest impacts were among those who traditionally have the highest survival rates. And so those are the groups that traditionally do the best post-treatment, and that may just be that they are the only group that actually have enough time to be affected by air pollution exposures. But that was a very interesting finding that the Put forth. So do you really think it is possible that air pollution can impact lung cancer survival? I think it's very possible. We know from other studies that pollution impacts survival in the general population, so among individuals not with lung cancer. So it wasn't really a stretch to believe that this could also be the case among this group. So do you really think that there is something unique about lung cancer? Or, you know, as you've already mentioned, do you think it's that air pollution is sort of bad for you generally? And we know that people with lung cancer are more likely to die. I, I think this paper starts to put people with lung cancer in the conversation as a group that may be especially susceptible to the impacts of air pollution, alongside groups like individuals with type 2 diabetes and other groups with sort of comorbid conditions. I think one interesting thing is that the effect sizes that the authors were seeing were somewhat higher than those from studies in the general population, which suggests that individuals with lung cancer may be more susceptible. And I think, but I think more research would be needed to demonstrate if this is really seen in other patient populations or if, you know, this, this is only the first study. So I think we, we need to be a little cautious in saying that they're definitely a more susceptible group, but there is some indication that that may, that may be the case. So what do you think is needed now in terms of evidence? So I'd like to see, like, like I mentioned, I'd like to see these results replicated in a few other locations. One thing I would really like to see that these authors did not have the ability to look at because they were using a cancer registry was how these results hold up in a population where we know more about possible changes in behaviors. You can, you can imagine that you know, a lung cancer diagnosis is a you know, life-changing event. People may change diet. They may change smoking habits. They may change their physical activity patterns, all of which have been shown to impact sort of survival after a diagnosis. So I'd like to know a little more in a study where you could address those factors just to make sure that, those, that there aren't some strange patterns driving the results. Um, but I do think that this does add to the immense weight of evidence that current levels of air pollution in places like the U.S. or California are impacting health. So I think that's an important message to sort of keep that this is just adding to the weight. And do you think it's down to individuals to change their own behavior, or do you think that more needs to be done in terms of striving to reduce pollution levels overall? I think it's both. I mean, I think it, there is, it, it is definitely worthwhile on a population level to reduce 
exposures to pollution. But I do think as individuals, there are, you know, way, you know, sort of known ways to reduce your exposure. So for instance, physical activity is great for everyone, great for cancer patients. But, you know, if you perform physical activity directly next to a roadway, that's going to be less beneficial. And so you could do some sort of common sense things like don't exercise, you know, next to a roadway, exercise in a park or exercise, you know, further away or not during rush hour. So I think it's sort of things like that that people can, you know, take on themselves in addition to sort of backing additional regulations where it's appropriate. Sounds very sensible. Dr. Hart, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. For those of you interested in reading more on this topic, both Dr. Hart's editorial and the paper by Dr. Eckel are available on the website, thorax.bmj.com. Thank you.